Welcome to the Future of Agriculture podcast, the show that explores the people, companies, and ideas that are shaping the future of agribusiness. Innovation, resourcefulness, and collaboration are essential for feeding a growing population, and we believe the agriculture industry is up for the challenge. Please welcome your host, Tim Hammerich. Hello, hello. This is the Future of Agriculture podcast. My name is Tim Hammerich. I'm an agribusiness recruiter and the founder of AgGrad.com that connects students and young professionals to hiring agribusinesses. But I haven't always been a recruiter. I actually started my career out of college with a company called DeBruce Grain in Amarillo, Texas. Had no former merchandising experience, but was hired to be a grain merchandiser trainee. And my first day on the job, they gave me a huge stack of papers. And on those papers were basically lines and lines and lines of trucking companies with their phone numbers. And I was told I needed to call those trucking companies and just see what they were up to. Some of them were individual owner operators. Some of them were much larger companies with with several trucks that they dispatch. But my job was just to call around and see what was going on, see what was moving, uh, what was paying well, what wasn't paying at all, who was looking for work, who was busy, who was out of the business. As it turned out, I, I ran the gamut, everything from folks that were at home, ready to go to work, which that was a great find, by the way, all the way to people who weren't in the trucking business anymore. Some I caught a few ex-wives that said uh, their no good ex-husband wasn't in the trucking game anymore, or they didn't know how to get a hold of them. I caught some folks that weren't alive anymore. So I was going through a really old list of truckers just to figure out what was going on. And you may be asking yourself, you know, first of all, why? What's what's the point of calling lists and lists of truckers as a grain merchandiser? And what's the point of the story? And that's this. Our entire agriculture economy moves on the back of truck drivers. Freight logistics is the name of the game when it comes to cash commodity trading. When people hear commodity trading, they think, pits in Chicago. They think bright colored jackets, people yelling and screaming and holding up pieces of paper and trading. And, you know, historically, there certainly has been some of that in the futures, although now it's mainly going electronic trading. That's another episode. But in the cash trade, the name of the game is freight. It's who can get a commodity from point A to point B, the most efficient economically way possible. The reason for this is a commodity is a commodity. By definition, it's very standardized. It's the same in North Dakota as it is in Texas, as it is in California, as it is in Wisconsin. However, commodities move based on demand and freight. So if a market that has high demand is got freight priced into it, but you can move that commodity cheaper or more efficiently, you're going to make more money. So freight really is the name of the game. And any good cross-country merchandiser, grain merchandiser, which I was, is going to learn from day one how important freight is. And that's why I wanted to do an episode on, on logistics and transportation in agriculture, but more specifically about the story of bulkloads.com. I have on the podcast today, Jared Flynn, who's the founder and operating partner of bulkloads.com. What bulkloads does is provide an online platform where anyone who has a load of bulk commodities can post that load saying, this load is going from Austin, Texas to Kansas City, Missouri, and it's paying $50 a ton. I think that'd be a pretty good rate if I remember from my commodity trading days. Then any trucker who finds himself in Austin, Texas, or has a load available 
for them in Kansas City can look on there and say, hey, I will take that load. They connect the shippers with the transportation companies. I used this service when I was trading both grain and feed ingredients in my career. I know it's it's used by a lot of people now. Jared, I think, charges a monthly membership to be a part of part of the platform, and it's extremely successful. One thing I love about Jared's story is the fact that he started this company in an environment where there already were some very large established players. I can relate to this going into the recruitment business. It's certainly a challenge, and plenty of people will look at you and say, but that already exists. But the truth is, anywhere that there's a pain point, anywhere where people are still complaining about not exactly getting what they want, there still lies business opportunity, as long as you can start to solve some of those pain points for your customers. And Jared can speak to that quite well. I enjoyed this interview with him, and I know you will too. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to my interview with Jared Flynn of BulkLoads.com. Jared Flynn of BulkLoads.com. Jared, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to do this. I, You and I connected some when I was back in the commodity trading business. I used your service, and when I was thinking about going on my own, you were one of the people I called very early on. So it's really it's really great to have you on the show here. But I, I just provided everyone an introduction of you, but in case I left anything out, could you just start off by telling us a little bit about your career before you started BulkLoads? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of I'll spin back to my college days, but I graduated from uh, the University of Missouri, Columbia, in 2002 with an agricultural education degree with an ag econ minor, and um, was a little unsure with what I wanted to do with that. I was kind of my mentor in high school. My ag advisor really pushed me to to kind of go that route. But after I'd graduated, and uh, I was kind of looking at different options. Actually, my first venture I really thought I wanted to go into was uh, EMS or firefighting, but I right after I graduated, I needed a job and actually started driving a truck d- delivering construction drywall materials. But the interesting thing was I absolutely loved it. I loved uh, being behind the wheel of the cab, and, and I really started learning a little bit about the trucking aspect, just the day-to-day operational part. But I knew that I was going to do more than that, and the company I was working for knew that I was going to do more than that, and they moved me into the office to start doing sales and dispatching. And I'll fast forward a couple years after that, I was wanting to move into the Kansas City area and found a job with Bartlett Grain Company, which is a privately owned grain company based there in Kansas City. And um, it was interesting when when I first applied, two things stuck out on my resume. Number one, was trucking and number two, agriculture. And they got me in an interview and asked if I wanted to do agricultural trucking for them. And I said, well, yeah, I don't know a lot about it, but I'll, I'll give it a whirl. And so, yeah, I started there in 2005 doing truck logistics and um, really just, I started, started dabbling with it, kind of learning it and absolutely fell in love. I found a passion with it. One thing, and if anybody knows the trucking industry or the grain trucking industry, a lot of people either really like it or really, really hate it. And I actually really, really started to like it just because I saw that there was a need. There was a lot of 
a lot of people that didn't want that side of the business or didn't like dealing with the, the stressful aspects. So within, uh, I think it was six months at Bartlett, I, I kind of grew my own division doing truck logistics across all commodity lines. So I first started out working with the wheat commodity traders, moving truck loads of wheat for them. And then I branched into the, the corn group, the soybean group, the feed ingredient group, dealing with DDGs, dried distiller grains, wheat middlings, then even worked with our country elevator group handling fertilizer. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun ride. I, I really enjoyed it. And um, it, it was, I kind of grew my own commodity per se. So yeah, that's kind of what I did that all the way until 2011. And um, I always had this idea of, of being able to connect shippers and, and, and trucking companies together. And I was doing it with one company, but man, I, I thought, man, I, I could do the same thing for a larger macro group of companies. And that's kind of where bulk loads was born. Yeah, you had a great job with Bartlett there. You were loving it. Everything was going good. Then you had this idea. What finally convinced you to say, no, I need to go all in with this this new idea of bulk loads? You know, it was just kind of like a, just like this string just tugging on me. But I just I knew that there was more that I wanted to do, and and I absolutely loved my career with Bartlett Grain. I learned so much about the grain industry. But I was just looking to see what was my next step. Was it was it working my way as a as a commodity manager? I didn't really feel that that aspect of it. Was it was it working more my way up into the the corporate level? I, I I didn't see that, but I just saw that there was a need in this industry, and man, I, I could completely run with it and, and just do so much more, especially leveraging technology. So that's yeah, when two thousand it's two thousand eleven, I just said, man, I, I tried. I convinced my wife. I said, man, if you can let me do this and try it for six months and it works you know, good. If not, I'll, you know, I'll be glad to go back. So that was, I guess that was the main kicker. I guess the, the second one was my wife's dad, my father-in-law, a very successful businessman. I had a career with Walmart and, and several other real t- retail stores. One day he kind of, we were talking out while we were splitting firewood and he just said, you know, what, you know, what's your plan? And I kind of said, well, I'm doing this and that. And he's like, you know, if you, if you really want to have uh, financial peace and security, you really ought to look at, you know, getting some, having a business either with your own equity or having a business that offers you equity. And that was another thing that really stuck in my head. If I really wanted to, to have financial peace that, you know, being able to start my own business may be a, the, the route for me. I remember that in, in 2011 when, when you started the company. Uh, we didn't know each other at that point, but I do know that there were some established players already doing kind of the same service. What made you convinced that you could offer the market something it wasn't already getting? Yeah, yeah. So there was there was a couple other players that were out there, and they were the first market, which is which was great. Um, they had had majority of the market share, or the only market share for the uh, at that time. And I just looked at it, and, and even a lot of people I talked to when I was kind of brainstorming this, they used the product or used that service, but didn't like it. And I and I just kept thinking, man, there was so much more you could do in this industry to to run what we call a load board is what our business is, um, where we connect shippers to, to carriers. And I just thought in my head that man, we could we could leverage a lot more technology, smartphone apps emailing forms just to connect that community better and easier. And, and that's really kind of what led to, to starting bulkloads.com. And when you were first starting, what was the best advice you got about starting your own business? There was a couple of things. One thing I remember, and this even goes back um, when I was younger, my, my father always told me 
in, in anything we did, I, I had three brothers and a sister, but one thing, the best advice he always gave us was if you're going to do something, whether it's playing a sport or activity or a job, he goes, do one thing extremely well. Don't do five or six or 10 things, you know, mediocre. He goes, focus on one thing. So that's one thing I really stuck with me. It's like when I wanted to do this, I wanted to create this, this one platform to, to absolutely connect shippers and carriers and brokers all within the bulk grain industry together at the, at the best level. I wasn't after trying to market to trucking companies that were dealing with, with refrigerated freight or flatbed freight or all other dimensions. I was going to focus just on the grain industry. So that was probably number one, the, the best advice, just to really focus on that, figure out what the needs are in that industry and, and hit that at all, at all forces. Nice. I like that a lot. Yeah. Focus on one thing, especially in this day and age with so many distractions. I mean, on your phone, you can do a million things on your phone at any given time you want. It's hard to just kind of focus in and dig in and say, no, this is where I'm going to really excel. I think that's great advice. I'd like to talk a little bit more about the transportation industry because I don't think it really kind of gets the credit it deserves. Can you just let me ask it this way? What, What do you think people should know about the trucking and transportation industry? The biggest thing that we tell a lot of people that don't know the industry, um, one of the obstacles that's always faced the trucking industry, 20, 30 years ago was a very noble industry position when you knew uh, truck drivers and trucking companies and all that. For some reason, the past 10, 15 years, it's got deemed as, you know, my, my colleagues and I joke, you know, people call it a dirtball industry, which again, you're going to, in any industry, you're going to have different personalities and all that. But one thing about the trucking industry, it's a viable industry that with huge demand, and, and we all know this just from the products that we buy you know, at the stores that we bring home, the stuff that gets delivered to our, to our doors. But man, it's, it's, it's an industry that, in the last report I looked, I think almost an $80 billion industry when you, when you look at it across lines, and I'm talking from, from barge to railroad to trucking, and, and it's just a huge, huge ecosystem of, of moving parts. Yeah, definitely. And, and I'll add, you know, from my experience too, one thing I didn't realize, and I will say my dad owns a trucking company. So I, if anyone should, should have realized it, it, it should have been me, but just how important it was when I get into the commodities game, I can remember before I started my job, trade merchandising grain, I was reading up on futures and all this stuff. And I got in and they taught me really, this game is all about freight. It's it's who can run yep. their freight logistics best that can make money because, and it makes sense when you think about it, you know, there is one futures price for, for corn. The only difference is, you know, in basis is going to be demand and freight. So it's, uh, it's yep. really kind of an interesting thing. And, and a lot of people don't realize uh, the whole agricultural supply chain is, is driven by, by freight. I mean, uh, it's, it's all driven by how much it costs to get from point A to point B. And is that cheaper than going from point C to point B? It's uh, it's just really interesting. I think a lot of people outside the industry don't get that. One thing, uh, on my, my very first day at Bartlett Grain, I can remember we were sitting in a, in a meeting with all the vice presidents and commodity managers. And, and after the meeting, the vice president came up to me and kind of welcomed me in a board. There was another thing that stuck out. I remember him telling me, he said, you do understand, Jared, that we're a transportation company that moves grain. And I was like, what? You know, and, and I was like, well, we're a grain company. He's like, well, yeah, we're a grain company. But if you really think about it, we're a supply chain company moving 
bulk, you know, agricultural commodities from point A to point B. And that's, that's a lot of things a lot of people don't realize. And I mean, most years, especially your, your grain commodity trading companies, the, the basis of it, it all revolves. It, it starts with the freight. I mean, you have to have the commodities to trade, but right behind that, you got to have the efficient supply chain from trucks to rail to barge to get it through. Right. And I, I think, you know, the transportation industry doesn't get enough credit for while you see campaigns, campaigns out there trying to say, hey, you know, you would you wouldn't eat without the farmer, which, you know, I, I've had some other discourse on those topics uh, online, but which is true. But you also none of the products in your grocery store would arrive there if they weren't on on the load of somebody's truck. And it, it really is kind of an an unsung hero and maybe a thankless job uh, among the industry of agriculture and other industries. It has, and, and even more today. And in, in, uh, you mentioned your father's company, but in today, and he's probably can attest to this. There's just more and more regulations being involved, and a lot of. I mean, there's 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 good reasons why for the safety and all that, but the trucking industry it's it's so different. A lot of these professionals that got into this injury industry 30, 40 years ago, they got into it because of that entrepreneurial spirit that they could do what they want, run their own business. And a lot of that today has really gotten tightened, especially on the smaller owner operators that we deal with on a daily basis. One thing with bulk loads, we're not dealing with a lot of your big 100 plus size trucking companies. It really stems to the one, two truck owner operators I'm usually a husband and wife. Uh, husband drives a truck, but he's everything from the mechanic of the truck to the to the the dispatcher. The, I mean, you have, you take it all the way through the lines. I mean, he's doing it all in that in that business. And um, but yeah, I, the point being, a lot of these guys, uh, there's just more and more mandates just restricting these guys, whether it's hours of service that they can run, electronic logbooks that they got to now have on their trailers just all those that are really, really hurting some of the smaller guys that are running, favoring some of the bigger trucking companies. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and he, he's a small operation in California, so I could have him on the podcast to talk about regulation, but it would be a 28-hour podcast. I'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> he deals with it every day. Now, at Bulk Loads, you all, like you were just saying, you deal with everything from the individual owner-operator all the way up to some of the largest grain companies in the world. How do you approach shippers differently than you would approach carriers or truckers, or how do you kind of strike that balance? Yeah, great question. One thing, my wife, she's always told me, she's like, "Man, you you can have a per, you, you have such a diverse personality, good and bad." But she's she's always joked that, "Man, I can talk to the to the CEO of a company all the way to the to the janitor." And, right. And my reply to that, it's it's not really that I try differently. I, I've always been able just to relate to people on different levels, and I think that's one thing especially in, in our industry, you just got to be able to talk to multifacets of, of people that are, that are involved. But yeah, I, I would say our approach isn't much different. It's, it's honestly just finding, finding what that need is. You know, everybody has a, a problem and it's trying to be able to solve that problem. And for our industry, it's pretty, it's pretty simple to know what that problem is, but how do you really dig into it and really figure out you know, what that core problem is and how we can show them how to, to, to solve that problem. So, you know, a lot of the shippers that we contact, we, you know, we let them know who we are and kind of how we work, but it's really showing them kind of the size of, of what we are and, and the, the business that we can bring them or business being trucking companies that we can bring them to, to, to move their freight. When you're first starting bulk loads, I would think in a, in a business model like yours, you would be constantly trying to get a good balance of, of you know, carriers on the site as well as shippers on the site, which was harder to get carriers to sign up or to get shippers to sign up? 
the shippers by far, because they knew if there were carriers on there that they would have success. And um, but you're right, we always call it the chicken and egg effect. Whether you know, do we do we have enough freight or loads on there to meet the demand of the carriers getting on there? And likewise, and you know, in, just like in any industry, we have its peaks and valleys. So, you know, the harvest time would come and we'd get a lot of loads on there, but not enough carriers. Well. A lot of these shippers would get on there, and if they didn't have success or didn't find the trucking companies through our service, it'd be that much harder to bring them back to it. And then likewise, in the slower times of the year, if we had carriers signing up and not finding the, the loads to transport, then it'd be that much tougher to bring them back. So that was, a, that was probably the trickiest thing out of all is, is having that balance of knowing when to, to hit each side. So, you know, at this time of the year, we're starting to see it slow down a little bit. So this is kind of the time of the year where we try to market more to the carriers because we know that they're going to be needing to find more loads. Or in the busier months, that's when we hit the shippers because we know that they're going to be needing to find those trucking companies. That's interesting how you tweak your marketing a little bit that way. Uh, without giving any, away anything uh, proprietary here, how how do you market this service? Yeah, uh, great question. You know, honestly, most of our clients find us first, which uh, we do. A, we invest a lot into um, just uh, SEO marketing online, but um, we also have a lot of we have a lot of customers that. That, that register with us or that get on our website. And then from there, that's where we kind of target and, and, and market to them. But just like any other business, it's just that, that constant marketing of, of, of phone calling, e- emailing them, figuring out what their needs are, but also just finding, figuring out what they're doing in the industry, other, other resources we can provide to show them benefit. You know, one thing on our site, we do have a, uh, a forum that even companies that aren't maybe looking for, for freight right now get onto on a daily basis, just seeing what's going on in the industry. We have a news feed blog that we update regularly, and we have a daily email that we send out just with things that are going on in our industry and loads. So those are kind of our big techniques that we continue to, to market to our user base with. You, you mentioned earlier that your wife kind of gave you a six-month path to say, all right, let's try this for six months and, and see how it goes. What was that like at the six-month mark? What did bulk loads look like? And, and things must have been good enough to keep on going, I guess, huh? Yeah, but I'll tell you, it, it probably in month two or three, there was a, 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 a leap of faith, or I guess a question of faith. There, was, there got to be a point in time, because uh, when we started it, I, we were, I was working out of my house in my basement, just uh, down there making phone calls every day, just calling, whether it was a shipping company or a trucking company, introducing myself, trying to get their, either their loads on there or trying to get them to search for loads. But it was, it was kind of right there around month two or three, I really had to question whether this was going to make it or break it probably by month four or five that's when we really kind of saw it slowly start to take off and then by month six we thought that yeah we we had something going on so but yeah that was i look back in in history that was probably one of the toughest times (laughs) i wouldn't say darkest times but it was just one of those to you know when you're married and, and had one one child and another one on the way it was one where you just have to question yourself whether you're making the right decision for your family, for yourself, for others out there that are affected, and uh, that was that was definitely one of them. Right, may, may have literally been a dark time down there in the basement working away. It was, <laughs> it was. We did. I can remember a couple power outages. No. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's just, and it's one of those two that man, if it um, what doesn't. Uh, what I what is it? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. What is it? I mean, it was just one of those. It, it was. I look back and um, man, you really. You really learn from, you know, from your mistakes, but, or, or, you know, what to do to, to make it work. 
Right. So it, I think the trick there is knowing knowing whether or not you know you're on the path that's that you just need to persevere or if you're just on the wrong path completely. What kind of helps you keep the faith through that hard time? For me, probably a, a couple couple different options, but really just for me, it was it, it was it a faith in the Lord, I'm just praying and, and and asking, you know, if I'm doing the right thing and 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 doing what He wants me to do and making sure that I'm in the right place at the right time. That that was probably the number one for me. But number two, just you know, just following up and constantly talking with with people in this industry and, and giving me reassurance. And, and you know, like I think I had. Um, I had people that had that resisted companies that, that that told me just flat out, I don't think it's going to work. I you know I either use a program that works for me or I use a service that works. But there was some that I knew from my Bartlett days that said, "Man, I think you got something going on, and we're behind you all the way." And those are the people that even today I can I could I could name them off. You know, from one to twenty, the companies that kind of stood by me at that time. I think that's fantastic, Jerry. Thank you for sharing that. I, I know I know for sure there are people out there that that need to hear that sort of encouragement. And, and so I appreciate you, you sharing that with me. Sure. W- when I started AgGrad, I, I know that you directed me towards uh, Donald Miller, the story brand, uh, story brand podcast and story brand blog. Can you just tell us a little bit about what resonates with you about that and how that's helped your business? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I, I was a follower of Donald Miller 10 years ago when I think that he released his first book, Blue Like Jazz. But when I heard it was a couple of years ago when he started StoryBrand, I started following it. But I, th- I guess what I loved about the most was just the simplicity of it. I think a lot of us today, we overcomplicate business and, and marketing and techniques and all that. And I think Donald Miller brings it back to saying it doesn't have to be anything that's that just complicated and, and you don't have to have this brilliant million dollar. It's like the, the message is clear and, and all of us, whether we're in business or whatever we're doing, we all have a story. And if you can push that story into your business line, that's what people want to know. And I think that's one reason why, uh, you know, podcasts like this and others have been so successful because people want to hear the stories behind that. Um, yeah, people want to have a successful product, but they want to know the kind of the why behind it all. And I think that's what Donald Miller brings out a lot in his story brand is just explaining kind of how you can can make your business from from A to Z to tell your customers who you are and not focus so much on yourself, but focus more on your customers' needs. I think that's that's the biggest one. I, I love Donald Miller. He, he quoted being the Yoda to, to Luke Skywalker, but I've, and I've used that quote several times, and it's so true. I mean, you don't want to be the superhero to your clients. You want to be the Yoda. You want them to be the superhero. You want to let your people, you know, the clients on your uh, specific on our site, we want them to be the hero of the day that they found the trucks that they got, that they found the loads or whatever. We just help them get there to make their business successful. Yeah. That little nugget right there about having the customer be the hero and the, and the business be the guide. I, to me, I think that transformed the direction I took AgGrad or I'm taking AgGrad, I should say, just because, uh, that fact of, hey, you don't need to go tout how wonderful you are if you make your customers be the superhero, like you just said, uh, you're going to end up being successful. So I just wanted to tell you thank you very much for directing me that that route because that, that was oh. some of the best advice I got when I was starting out. Very welcome. And, and we'd mentioned this, or you'd mentioned this before. I've yet to make it to one of his conferences, but that's still on my list to do I, on, on one of his conferences that he puts on. Yeah, same with me. I, I follow his 
podcast, his blog, and all his social media. But I haven't been to the to the workshop yet. But hey, getting back just briefly on on the transportation industry, just a little bit. What as you look to the future of trucking and transportation, what excites you about the future of the industry? Yeah, absolutely. One thing, especially in our industry right now, man, the uh, there's just been so many topics, especially when it comes to technology. But one of the biggest things on the forefront here recently has been the automation of these driverless trucks. Basically, the the te- there's a company now out of Utah, but it's basically a Tesla type truck where these things can be driverless. And they've even done some of these demos where they've actually hauled cargo from point A to point B without a, a driver in there. So. That may sound scary to a lot of trucking companies, but I think, man, uh, the technology that's out there to automate a lot of these processes can even help those trucking companies. So uh, I think that's a big one I see affecting our industry. Whether we see even 20, 40 years now, uh, a driverless truck come in to load a grain or, or get a load of grain from an elevator and deliver it to a feedlot, I don't know if we'll see that, but I just think the technology that's involved there is pretty crazy what's going on. That's probably the biggest one that I've noticed here, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see how that shakes out. Of course, I think we'll probably see more widespread adoption of, of driverless passenger vehicles, I would think, before we see a, a, a truck delivered to a, to a dairy because it's hard to do even with, with a driver in there. But I guess it's, it's certainly certainly plausible. Yeah, I will say on the flip side, I think the biggest challenge that we face is just this, they, they call it the shortage of drivers. And I don't necessarily believe a, a shortage of drivers. I, I believe there's not a lot, a lot of skilled drivers out there and, and companies. I think if there was the, the pay and revenue was out there, it would meet the demand. But I will say, I think that, that, that we are lacking a younger generation of professionals in the, in the trucking industry. I personally, I, I don't, I don't know the exact statistics, but I would, I would guess probably 60 to 70% of our the trucking companies that we talk to are are probably 40 plus age group. I rarely talk to guys I know that are in the in the 30s or 20s and um I think that's something that this industry needs to figure out how to correct. But if you look at it and I won't go on long here but a lot of these kids especially they graduate from from high school well, they can get a CDO, but they can't drive multi-states. They can only drive within their state. So these, a lot of these kids that don't choose to go to college, they have to find a job. Well, a lot of them, they'll find another career. And then by the time they're old enough to do interstate trucking, they've already, they've already landed another skilled trade. So we lose such a pool of, of workers in that array. So that's what I see one of the biggest challenges is who's going to be that next role to, to jump in and, and, and take over a lot of these companies that are, that are trucking. Yeah, and that's consistent with the entire industry of agriculture. We're we're just we have a very rapidly aging uh, group of people here that need to be replaced. So hopefully, you and I are are both on the forefront of of helping to solve that problem. And I I did see you've got some other business ventures going on as well, in addition to bulk loads. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, absolutely. So, and this boils down to just honestly trying to listen to your customers and figure out their needs. And um, one. We re- we launched a couple years ago. We had a lot of trucking companies. When we started bulk loads, we introduced what we were. Well, a lot of these individuals we talked to, they said, "Hey, you know, we're interested in how do we get paid quicker? Do you recommend?" And they're called factoring companies, but it's basically companies where you can, you know, turn your invoice in and get paid quicker versus whatever the terms of payment are from other trucking or other uh, businesses. 
for a while, we actually had a, a company that would advertise with us, and they chose not to advertise anymore, but I kept getting such demand. Well, I started looking into it a little bit deeper and, and realized that, man, we could be doing the, we could be offering this service to our clients. Heck, we got plenty of guys that are asking about us. So two years ago, we launched a company called Smart Freight Funding, where basically these trucking companies are on our website. Um, after they haul load, they can either choose to invoice that shipping company, Cargill or ADM directly. Most companies like that, and they're all different, but say they pay on average of 35, 40 days. Well, if that trucker invoiced that off, they wouldn't necessarily get paid till the end of next month on that load. Well, they can send us the invoice. We'll actually pay them uh, minus a percentage of the load. And um, so we launched that two years ago and um, it has, has grown <laughs> tremendously. We, we typically get probably two to three new clients they just interested in that part of the service. And with that, we also do offer fuel card program where we can actually assist in, in uh, fuel discounts for the trucking company, save them on their fuel costs, and even help them with their fuel costs um, by prepaying on their fuel bills. So that's probably been one of our, our, our biggest businesses that we launched kind of side-by-side with bulk loads. And uh, besides that, we also launched uh, one thing after we had started bulk loads. A lot of shipping companies came back to us and said, man, we love bulk loads and we love being able to post our loads on there, but is there any way that you can build an internal <laughs> system for our companies? Which was pretty interesting. And um, I guess it was three or four years ago, we developed another program called Load Organizer. But the easiest way to think about it, it's an internal load border dispatch system for companies. So now some of these bigger grain companies that have offices kind of throughout the country, they can all go to one central location and see all truck freight that's moving from point A to point B. They can calculate to figure out what historical rates are. They can see what other offices are. But basically, we're bringing synergies of of companies that have multiple divisions all moving truck freight into one platform. And uh, we have actually have quite a few larger grain companies that are using that product today, which has been very, very uh, successful. Uh, I love it. Always finding new ways to to serve your your customer base. I think that's great. Jared, if if somebody wants to reach out to you about bulk loads or any of these other platforms, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, sure. Um, Feel free to get on our website at any time. It's just bulk, B-U-L-K, loads, L-O-A-D-S dot com. There's a link down at the bottom where you can send us information. Or if you wanted to call us anytime, we we have pretty much a 24-hour hotline or or cell phone service that you can answer. Um, And that number is 800-518-9240. And you're liable to get Jared on that call. I've noticed he's very—they're very responsive. You, you could get—you could go directly to the man. So, Jared, I love seeing great things happen to great people, and I, I really appreciate everything you're doing. And, and thank you for being on the Future of Agriculture podcast. Cool. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me on. So much great content in there from Jared Flynn about starting up businesses in agriculture, about transportation and logistics and the importance of that industry, and just about kind of life in general and and kind of living out your purpose. I, I always get really good wisdom whenever I talk to Jared, and I hope you enjoyed that as well. Wanted to give a special shout out to those of you who have left us a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you so much for doing that. Specifically, we had one recently that I'll read to you here. This comes from Johnny Boy 398 Johnny Boy says, What a great podcast. I've just started listening to podcasts, and I found this and absolutely love it. 
It's very informative. I study agricultural business in Louisiana, and I really like to use my resources to get the most information I can. If you're looking for information about agriculture, you should take a listen for sure. Johnny Boy, thank you very much. And to all of you who have left us a rating and review, I really appreciate it. I try not to harp on it every episode, but did want to just give one more ask here before the end of the year. If you could, hop on iTunes and leave us a positive rating and review so that more folks can find and enjoy the guests we have on this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Future of Agriculture podcast with Tim Hammerich. Visit aggrad.com. That's A-G. GRAD.com today to get connected into careers in the agriculture industry. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.